Other horn is going. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Got a balance. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by, well, powered by Tom and Dave, in our new old home over at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Tom, Saturday night, the Tide and the Knolls christened the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. How did you enjoy the evening? Man, you know, I, it's, it's always good to, to be able to have a program like Alabama that you root for that, you know, starts out number one in the country, uh, gets to play number three. You know, they, they say this might be the rematch at the end of the season. Uh, unfortunately, due to some injuries late in the game, that might not be the case now. But, um, you know, just, just glad that we have a program like we do uh, who's been successful as long as they have and that everybody wants to gun for and everybody wants to take down. Yeah, I, I agree. This was a game, uh, you know, everyone kind of asked, well, what do you think about the game? And I work with uh, some Florida State guys. And, you know, my thought is in prior, you know, kickoff sort of classic games, we've played Wisconsin and we've played Michigan. And last year we played USC. And I had, you know, 98% confidence going into those games that we were going to fare very well against those teams. Their style of play against our style of play, their strengths and weaknesses almost fit hand in glove, you know, with with ours. Uh, but Florida State is a was a different animal, and I felt I had much more concern uh, about them. And and uh, but definitely a program, you know, that we respect and stuff like that. And and a little bit, I really are kind of really go out for. Uh, you know, the injury that they've had and and how disheartening that must be, not only to lose this game, which that in and of itself is disheartening, but to feel, you know, for those that are really into it, like like you and I are, right, we would feel like the season is lost. And that's, ah, man, to think the first weekend of the game that that's, you know, that you those are the pieces you're picking up. So, uh, you know, my heart almost kind of goes out for the Florida State fan base. Uh, at the same time, boy, I'm very proud of uh, of, of our guys and uh, I just think there were moments in the game that the fact that we've played these kickoff type games, and and I mentioned a couple of teams, and you can add to that, uh, you know, Clemson and Vatech and West Virginia, you know, those types of those types of uh, you know teams that we've played to kick off the season, those type of events. Uh, it just seemed that there were moments in the game where our guys weren't afraid of the stage, and uh, it just felt like. Uh, the stage got too big and too heavy for Florida State at a couple times, but um, you know those those are some thoughts that I had kind of kind of going in. Uh, any any kind of opening thoughts you have, or you want to jump us to offense? You know, per per your comment about the the stage and and just the moment, um, I think Alabama teams of old uh, would have lost this game fourteen oh, yes. to ten. Um, you know, years ago this game would have been ten to seven late in the game. And uh, we would have been holding on, but we wouldn't have put them away. Yeah. And they would have gotten a punt return for a touchdown or a big long pass or, you know, something like LSU did to us years ago pre-Saban. 
And, you know, we'd have lost this game 14 to 10 and would have been yep. like, well, we had, con- you know, we had control of this game. What happened? And so, you know, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, there, there, are, there is plenty to work on and, and we'll, we'll get to this in the, in the podcast, but we did make the plays in a four minute stretch. Uh, you know, they made some errors, you know, that helped us. Um, but there was, you know, a four minute stretch of the game at the end of the third quarter that was the deciding factor. And, um, you know, that's the difference in this team under Saban versus years ago. You're exactly right. Uh, that That is exactly right. And somewhere I wanted to sort of work this this concept in, and I think this is sort of a beautiful platform for it. I will uh, – it's almost like a mental exercise I'll do sometimes during games. And, and the way we've sort of been rolling, I don't do this very often. But I will sometimes think, hey, at this stage of the game, do I like their hand or do I like our hand better? And, you know, of course, always – I've liked our hand better. But there was a point in this game, sort of going in the the last few minutes of the second quarter and then sort of coming out in in the third quarter, you know, kind of sitting there at halftime. I thought, man, I I don't know if I don't like their hand better. Uh, You know, we had lost some guys to injury. Uh, They were keeping the ball, uh, and they struggled, but they were keeping the ball on the ground. They had a safety that that had to sit out the first half that was was coming uh, out in in the second half. And and I thought, man, I'd – I don't know if and, – and, you know, when we'll talk about Jalen, but, you know, we were seeing some of the things that we saw last year. And there was just a – you know, and I wasn't going to change jerseys, but there was just a point. I was like, I don't know if I don't like the hand that they have in their deck a little bit better than the hand that we have in our deck. And that just goes to exactly the way you said. We've had other teams in that type of circumstance. And this is what Tabin, as I Saban talks about is having the mental toughness to persevere through those types of things. And we've had teams that would not have persevered, that they would have let that sort of, you know, collapse them. And this team just sort of fed off that. And uh, and that was kind of that was kind of exciting. So I don't know. That was something that I thought I was like, you know, I'm still rooting for the tide. I'm not that doesn't change. But I just think right now I like the cards that they have in their hand. But uh, we came out and really played a masterful. Like you said, there was a a turning point. And uh, it just seemed in the second half, despite all the injuries that we had, um, you know, we played a masterful second half. I'll, I'll say that, especially on defense and special teams, and we'll break all that down. But uh, why don't you jump us on offense? You know, I guess the first thing that that jumped out at me on the offensive side of the ball is, you know, just the, the formula for success um, that has persevered for this football team uh, is to establish the run, uh, set up the play-action pass in years past, uh, give the ball to your running backs, you know, 25 to 35 times a game and uh, have your quarterback, you know, complete 15 of 20 for, you know, 250, 300 yards. And, you know, once again, we we have a game where, you know, Jalen Hurts has more carries than, you know, Damian Harris or or I guess, yeah, Damian Harris. And, you know, that that just that just can't be the case. Um, you know, the the best way I can say it is, is under this offense that we're currently running, um, there seems too many times in this read option that he calls his own number. And, you know, we'll never know what the true design of the play is. But I just want to see Jalen carry the ball seven to ten times. And I want to see these running backs get into the flow of the game and get to run the ball more, Dave. And, you know, when, when Damian Harris scored his touchdown after that turnover – 
You know, a stat pops up that says he's now seven carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. And we're at the end of the third quarter. Right. And I'm thinking, man, I know Jalen Hurts is an athlete, but, you know, a la Derrick Henry, right? These guys have got to get in the flow of the game. And I just, I just need to see more put on the running backs. And, and I need Jalen Hurts to step back on the stage a little bit and let these guys around him make plays. Yeah, so I'm not going to give you any argument on that. <clears throat> I'm just not. One of the things I really liked about the stadium and the venue and sort of where our seats were is we were able to really look down on the field really good, uh, but we could also look at and, – and they did a replay from multiple angles between every play uh, or nearly every play, and I really enjoyed that as an opportunity to – to get to see in in real time a little bit of of sort of the play, um, in 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 a little different than you as you watch it live. And there were a couple times where he took off, where he just took off. There were a couple times where you could almost see what he was reading and why he took off. And so I don't say that as as an excuse making. I just there was a little bit of there was a little bit of that. But when we came out, or when Alabama came out to start the game. And lined up in in the uh, in the pistol, and just really ran downhill with Damian. And you know, first carry of the game, thirty four yards. I just I wanted more of that and more of that. And uh, it seemed we would get in the short yard situations or up against the goal line, um, you know, driving to the goal line, and we tried to get cute with the passing. I, I really wish there were times that um, you know. Uh, you know, we had the ball in favorable favorable position and ended up kicking a field goal. That was disheartening. I would have liked to uh, have seen us sort of power the ball, even even if you know, let's bring out Deron Payne, uh, and we'll know we'll see him in this position or Mac Wilson. We'll see them sort of in fullback position. Bring them out one when they're at the ten, and and just say we don't care. We're gonna, we're gonna run the ball four four times. Stop us. I would have really liked that when when Harris scored his touchdown. You know, we had just recovered uh, the the fumble or the block, and and you know got the ball on the eleven, and then he just you know sort of parted the waters and ran in for that touchdown. That really made me feel like uh, there were two things, right? Man, I'm glad that he scored. He ran and scored on first down because I don't know what we would have done on second down. And then it really made me feel like the touchdown that Mark Ingram scored. Uh, against Texas, just a real pivotal moment. That extra seven really sort of took took the game uh, to another level. Uh, and in the fact, it was just a run right up the middle, and just and both backs were sort of a um, you know a lot of emotion there and excitement there at the end of the run. Both of those runs felt very similar to me. But what do you think? You know, and, and real quick before you ask me that question, I ha- I have to just add on to what you said just very quickly. You know, his first carry is thirty four yards, right? His mm-hmm. next carry, a couple carries later, is five yards. So the boy had 40 yards, right, in his first two carries, right? You take that 11-yard carry, now you're at 51 yards, right? So out of his seven carries, three went for 51 yards, Dave. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, yeah. like, you know, it just seemed to me that and, – and going back and watching the game after being there live, it seems like too many times – with just the least bit of pressure, instead of stepping up into the pocket and giving the play time to develop, there was just a tendency to pull down too quick. It's right. only a second or two. 
just just wait another second or two and you'll see guys get open uh, in the play and you're just not giving that time. And, and that's what he was doing last year. And I just right. don't understand why. I mean, you know, we've had – I understand he's still a young guy. I get that, right? But, you know, when you look at the stats, your quarterback cannot have 15 carries and Bo Scarborough has 15 carries and Damian Harris has seven. You know, he almost had as many carries as those two combined. Right. And that's just not a formula for success, much less, much less very quickly when you see the, you know, Texas AM quarterback, you know, he's out for the season with an ankle and you see what happened to the Florida State guy. I mean, if nothing else, man, you know, if you're our starter, we need to protect you. <laughs> you don't yeah. need to be carrying the ball 15 times yeah. a game. I, I agree, right? How how many times have we seen running quarterbacks and 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 maybe not over the last couple of years, but over the last <laughs> more years than I'd want to admit, and have we just sort of licked our chops? We're gonna beat the snot out of those guys. And 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 now we've got one. And I like the I like the X factor that he brings to the equation, but that can't be the offense. And and we've gotta, you know, he's gotta improve as a passer, and we see we saw a little bit of that. He had. Um, I really like the strike, obviously, to to Calvin. What pers- What do you think? Uh, because I don't want this to sort of. You know, you and I spent sure. a lot of time breaking this down last year. Sure. So I th- I think we're on the same side of this. What I'm I might I might extend a little more of an olive branch than you, and I think here I think I have the perfect question to sort of quantify that. What percent? You know, there's a new offensive coordinator, and we played probably the best defense that that we're going to face all season what percent do you allocate to that being the cause versus he just doesn't have it well first of all you know it's it's still early to say he doesn't have it i'm not saying that um you know obviously the team comes in ranked number three and you know i wish their quarterback wasn't gone for the year because i'd like to see a true representation of how they finish right now that their quarterback's hurt, if they lose three or four games, everybody's going right. to say, well, Florida State wasn't, shouldn't have been number three anyway. Well, you can't say that. You just lost your quarterback. Right. I understand. Right? And so so that's that's unfair. So that's going to be kind of a tough comparison. You know, I, I think that Florida State has a really good defense, but, you know, when you rush the ball on first down for five yards and you've got second and five and the whole playbook is open, um, I'd like to see other things. I mean, to be fair to Jalen Hurts, he has a lot of weapons around him. Right. But when when I say that he is running the ball too quickly, I also don't see a lot of other changes uh, to the scheme and all, right? I mean, like there was talk about, you know, we're going to try to keep the philosophy the same, but we're going to go to more of a pro-style type of attack. I mean – you know, sometimes, David, when it was second and five, I would have loved to have seen a tall sweep to Bo Scarborough. It was wide open outside, right? I would have loved to have seen a, a play action call, right? That's not on Jalen Hurts. It didn't get called, right? Mm-hmm. There there were several times, David, that it was third and three, third and three or third and four, that the wide receiver in the slot, okay, would run one or two yards and turn around, Jalen would throw him the ball and he would get tackled and not get a first down. Well, after I went back and watched the tape, I'm like, 
you know, the slant was right there, man. It was third and three. If the wide receiver just runs five yards and catches yep. the ball and gets knocked back, it's a first down. So, so is that Jalen Hurts' fault? No, that's that's the wide receiver coach that, or and, and the offensive coordinator that doesn't have the wide receiver running the right route. I mean, I don't mind telling you that you know the the stud for the stud for Florida State who, uh, the stud for Florida State who was lost last year uh, yeah. to an injury, uh, the the James kid, Derwin James. You know, he sat there at the line of scrimmage and did not even hesitate to show he was going to blitz. Right. You've got the slot receiver right beside him. You know, call the hot route there. Have him just run right where James is voiding the space, and you've got another first down. Right. So, so I'm going to give Florida State. Uh, I'll give them 35 percent, maybe of that, maybe even 40 percent of that. But I'm going to say that you know, play calling and scheme and um, you know. All of those things are factoring in with Jalen Hurts to cause the kid to pull it down and run, right? <laughs> because he's such a good athlete, if he was a, you know, if the guy ran a five, uh, a five second 40, right, he'd have to sit back there and throw the ball. Right. But yeah. Between he wasn't all, quite so athletic. Right. But between then, all these factors, man, it's like I'm watching a schoolyard <clears throat> offense and it's just. <laughs> It's going to get you some of the times, but against a team like Florida State, you're, you're not going to be able to put points on the board. Yeah, I, th- I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I think that's that's a pretty fair assessment, right? I think there's a little bit of we were playing, you know, maybe a little close to the vest, given the opponent. We didn't want to put anything, um, you know, put the ball too much in jeopardy. We wanted to possess the ball. Uh, we didn't want to turn it over, and so we were successful on those two counts. Um, but I think there was an opportunity, even within that, and even within the, with the caliber of Florida State's defense, there there was a margin for Jalen to have played better. One play, you know, definitely stands out. He had the opportunity to hit Bo Scarborough on a wheel route that would have been a touchdown, and um, and just like the second before Bo flashed, uh, and you could almost hear the fans uh, see it, and and Jalen ran. Uh, and I do think there were some really nice throws that there were drop balls on uh, uh, Henry Ruggs had a touchdown and, and he dropped that and Jerry Judy had a really nice catch on the sideline and um, and that was called back for a penalty. And so those are not necessarily, well, two of the three of those are not necessarily his fault and, and had those hit um, you know, his numbers start to look, look a little different. So um, I probably put allocations, you know, similar, uh, I think, you know, 30, 30, 30, right. Uh, a third, a third, probably the, the the opponent. A third of us playing it close to the vest with the game call, uh, game planning, and a third, you know, Jalen's got to make, uh, you know, I think some improved reads. So I think we'll, well but, see but that also over the, the next scheme, couple of weeks. But also the scheme too is important. I mean, let's let's just very quickly touch on uh, touch on what you said very quickly about about the rugs kid, right? No offense to him, but on third and three in that situation at like the 29-yard line, you don't throw a low-percentage pass in the corner of the end zone to a true freshman. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're putting Jalen Hurts in a tough position, okay? So that was his first read. There was no hesitation. He threw the ball right there. That's where he was told to go with the ball. No, but I think that's okay to be aggressive with the ball. I mean, here we've got this track star. Let's put him on the edge. You're going to run a nine, and we're going to put the ball up, and you're just going to run under it. I know, but I know, Dave, but on third and three, 
on third and three, okay, why not, okay, uh, hit your tight end in between the hashes, okay, why not throw it to uh, either Damon Harris or Bo Scarborough, who both catch the ball very well out of the backfield, why not do a screen, why not do a wide receiver pick play, no, it's not, no, I mean, something. There's no, something else you can playbook. do there. We could, yeah, it's a 200-page playbook. We could sit here all, we could yeah, sit here all night saying. I'm just saying that's we... a tough call to make on third and three. All I'm saying is, like, once again with this team, and this is not Jalen Hurts' issue. Okay, last year they were scared to go between the hashes. They didn't call anything between the hashes, Dave. Nothing. I mean, I mean, literally, as I was watching the game, the the, the middle that's of the field thing. was wide that's open. A, that's a different thing. I'm not. I'm not going to be mad at the. T- you know, there's been times where we said, "Why don't we take shots?" And so I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get mad at that. That pass to Rugs, just because it didn't work on third uh, and had three. Had that been for a touchdown, um, then that would have been genius. You know, no, no, being aggressive no, no. in that moment. First and ten or second and three. I agree with it. Third and three, where you then have to kick a field goal. I just don't agree with it. Second and three. I love the but call. Part, third and three. Part, I don't like the call. But it's part of the third and three. Is what is what brings the surprise factor and helps you get the coverage that that you want. I don't know that you get that type of man on man coverage on a on a first down or maybe not even on a second down. And so you get to a third down when it is more of a running down for an Alabama team that you get that one on one coverage. So it's a okay, little well, bit of that's you fair. Factor that in too. That's fair, but that's got to be to uh, that's got to be to Cam Sims, Calvin Ridley, or Robert Foster. Then you don't do it to a true freshman in the moment in his first game of his career on a national stage. He shouldn't have been the guy that got the ball. Then get somebody with a little experience there. I I don't know. I I don't I again I like the surprise factor and then the speed factor. So I I'm not as mad at that one. But I got uh, you. It would have been. I mean, look, I'm not going to argue with it. It clearly would have been nice to have to have caught that one. What, uh, you know, you mentioned passes over the middle. Um, I didn't see a lot of action to the tight end hardly at all. I thought I was open yeah, for more of not. that. Yeah. Uh, I think we will get that. But, um, man, I, I, you know, I was there for warm-ups. I really like the look of Irv Smith. I think he's going to be a player. But um, look forward to see, us seeing – and I, <laughs> is this a broken record for the last 10 years? I look forward to us getting the tight end more involved. Uh, hope, hopefully we see that over the coming weeks. Well, considering – the offensive coordinator worked with the tight ends for yep. the New England Patriots for the past three or four years. You would expect that to be the case. I would have expected a little bit of that to. I, I would have loved to have even seen a couple attempts that way. Yep. Um, I will tell you very quickly that even formation wise, very rarely did we see in the very rarely did we see Bo Scarborough deep in the backfield in the I formation kind of deal or just a deep back formation. Uh, with a two tight end look with Irvin and Hale and they are blocking. And when we did, we had a lot of success with that. We just didn't do it enough. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of 12 personnel. I think I think you're right. There was a lot of 11, uh, but uh, not not nearly as many two tight ends. And I would have liked to have seen us try to, to leak uh, tight ends more often. Um, I want to hit the offensive line, but anything else that uh, that you saw? Well, you know, I'll I'll just kind of set you up for that. Uh, I don't think Bradley Bozeman uh, had a good game as it relates to helping out Lester Cotton. Yeah. Um, I think Lester Cotton was left on an island. Um, I think there was, you know, there was some miscommunications between Bradley and uh, between Bozeman and and Cotton uh, on a couple occasions where they had pressures come up the middle. Uh, There were some plays where they had Lester Cotton pull 
uh, along with Matt Womack, which is, you know, uh, and, and Bozeman didn't pick up, you know, and, you know, didn't pick up the shade to, to the side that they were avoiding. Um, you know, I, I, I thought Jonah Williams had a, had a, had a, had a pretty good game. I thought Womack had a pretty good game. Uh, but I think between the guards and the center play, um, there, there needs to be some improvement there. Yeah, and I think there will be. I and and again, I don't want to lay it all at the feet of Florida State being a really good defense, but you know, there's something to that. Um, I also think those are all correctable. Uh, you know, in the old cliche, you make your best, you know, your most improvements between week one and week two, and so I think a lot of that will clean itself up with us not playing such a, a strong uh, defensive front and just you know more reps uh, amongst the team. You know, I thought uh, I. I, I don't know. Maybe I just had, you know, maybe it just wasn't in terms of me watching Matt Lomax. I just caught him on some some down plays. But uh, I did watch a number of plays, um, you know, where he seemed to, to struggle uh, and on some of the replays as well. I was surprised that, you know, there had been talk through camp that uh, Jed, uh, Jedrick uh, uh, Wills may get, some, may get some run at right tackle. I was kind of expecting that to see some of that. And so it'll be interesting these next couple of weeks if we don't uh, if we don't see some rotation there. Well, I will tell you, I will tell you to your point. You know the uh, the Derek Naughty kid that was playing nose guard for Florida State. You know yeah. he is a senior. Yep. Um, you know he had tree trunks for thighs. Um, he was a big boy. Uh, yep. It was a it was a you know that's a you know that is a that is a tough matchup. Um, I just I, I thought several times that um, Bozeman was. Uh, shading to help Piercebacher on some pass protection, and he was looking there first instead of looking over to Cotton. Yep. And by the time he looked over at Cotton, it was too late to kind of help Cotton. That's all. I just think that I think that you know it's your first game, and you're the new guy on the offensive line, and and oh by the way, Mo, Womack is new as well. And you know, not being critical here, but you know this is what we do on the show. And if I'm if I'm Bozeman, and I've got two guys who played last year on the offensive line on the left side and two guys that didn't play last year on the right side, I'm going to spend more of my time just looking over to the right side. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I wonder, was he looking to the left? Because that's more of, of Jalen's backside. Um, you know, I think about that a little bit. Uh, but I also think, you know, Pierce Barker's been, what, a two- or three-year starter? Right. And so you think, well, maybe he needs less help. And so maybe yeah, exactly. Lester uh, – and, and, you know, I, the funny thing on, on Lester for me is that he spent um, a good portion of the season last year at that right guard spot. But then later in the season – and what, did we play three or four right guards last year? I think right. we did. And so right. Lester got dinged up a little bit and then came back – and then was removed, and and sort of the comment that that Saban made at the time is that he thought Cotton was better suited to be a right tackle than a right guard. And I thought, man, that okay, no sort of reference or mention or tie back to that. He's just the right guard now. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. And so yeah, you would think that maybe Bozeman might chip in that direction. I don't I don't know. I'm just theorizing that maybe he was he was leaning towards Jalen's backside. Um, but you know your point's valid. Anything else on uh, offense jump out, or you want to give me a uh, your first mini offensive game ball for the season? You know, uh, I, I do want to mention real quick that my initial reaction on Bo Scarborough uh, uh, watching it live uh, was that you know he he had an inconsistent game um, and that he didn't really run 
uh, with the physicality that I expected. Um, coming back and watching the game, uh, you know, on the TV, a uh, little bit more close uh, up close than, than where my seats were located with the binoculars. I think Bo had a pretty good game. I think Bo made some really physical runs. You know, he 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 made something out of nothing several times. Several times he got three or four yards uh, when he should have uh, gotten tackled at the line of scrimmage because there was a lot of pressure in the backfield uh, from the Florida State defensive line. And so um, I, I I think Bo is the back, uh, like we've seen before with the Derrick Henrys of the world, where I just think Bo needs 20 carries to get lubed up and get going. And um, I, I hope that I hope that this I hope that this team uh, starts giving Bo twenty carries and Damian fifteen carries a game, and and I really think we're going to look back. I mean, it's easier to run block than pass block, and so I just look forward to these two guys getting thirty five carries a game because I think they could carry this team uh, with these freshman wide receivers and yeah. still a young quarterback, and uh, could take a lot of pressure off Jalen. No, that's interesting. You bring up a good point. You know, there was one there was one play, I think it was second possession, where uh, <clears throat> we were running to the right and Bo bounced it outside and he he tried to go wide of the tight end when he should have because um, the, the the tight end had the outside the outside seal. Um, and so he should have ran between the tackle and the tight end and he had a lot of room to run there. Uh, but he tried to bounce it out and really you know, ran into the tackle, um, and and really did a disservice to the to the, the tight end there. And I really would have liked to have seen him not do that. And but that's correctable. He can look at film on that. But let me ask you this about Bo: Do you think he might be on a pitch count this early in the season? Um, I would say there's a possibility. And if that's the case, then Damian Harris should have gotten more than nine carries. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think I, he absolutely could be, but I think Damian Harris should have got a lot more than nine carries then. I, yeah, I I hear you, and and I think uh, you know Josh Jacobs coming back from from a hammy, I think uh, can make a big difference there. Najee Harris, I I was glad to see him get some reps. He didn't he didn't really do a lot, but it was good to see him. And so I, I like the stable, I really do. And I think against lesser fronts, we're going to see the running game really really solidify. And uh, and it's a first game, so I you know we, we no that's fair no that's fair and I will say very quickly that you know I I, I want to see uh, I want to see these other guys involved in the offense I want to see Cam Sims I want to see Robert Foster yep um, no offense to these freshmen uh, but I think that you know I don't want to see kind of like Amari Cooper right I don't want to see one guy get eight catches a game right we got a lot of weapons man let's spread the field let's dink and dunk let's get the ball all over the field. 100% with you, and you're going to hate my mini game ball then. Um, my mini game ball, and I'm splitting it right off the bat, and I'm going – I actually struggled to find, like, who to give it to. And so I'm, I'm giving it to the two freshman receivers for the fact that, that uh, you know, they stepped in and, and had an opportunity to contribute. Um, Henry Rugg should have caught that darn ball, but I like him. And I'm sorry, I'm bullish on his speed on the field and us using him as – as sort of a strike, uh, a strike weapon, uh, in that way, and I like the hands and the sideline awareness on Jerry Judy. I just wish, um, I just wish uh, Cotton hadn't been called for holding because that would have been a phenomenal first down. 
And uh, so that's where I'm going with my mini game balls. Why don't you flip the ball and uh, talk to us about defense? Um, not till I do my mini game ball, man. Are you kidding me? You, you're not even gonna let me do my mini game oh, ball on the pre oh, no. on the I'm sorry. Go ahead. first show of the year? Are you kidding me? All right, man. So, um, but I asked I, for you. I asked you for it so long ago. I just assumed you had given it. Well, I'd much rather you go first because then you don't, you know, then you don't steal mine. All right, go so, for um, it. I'm gonna give it to Irvin Smith Jr. Okay. Um, not because you mentioned him earlier, uh, but because you know he showed the physicality in the run blocking that. We have to have a tight end do. Yes. And no offense to Hale, uh, but I saw several times uh, where he was, you know, driving his guy five yards off the ball. And I'm going to tell you that I think a la OJ Howard, H back, moving all over the backfield and in pre snap, you know, uh, pre snap movements, uh, I think Irvin Smith is going to, when there's one tight end in the game, uh, and and they've got him in that H back. I think you're going to see that be the role that Irvin Smith is uh, doing more and more of the tight ends. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him really blossom. Um, he's got some some big shoes to feel uh, to fill, not only for Alabama fans to, who only can remember OJ Howard, but I think for the podcast crew, he's got some big shoes to fill because he's the big guy we've been looking for since you know podcast favorite Michael Williams. So I um and I think Hale and I think Hale's going to contribute a lot too. I'm oh, just, I know, I know. The lead blocker, I think Irvin's going to be the guy. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think he's going to leak out, and he's going to be an effective weapon too, though. All right, so you ready for defense? Yeah, break it down. All right, so uh, you know it's a good thing we have. Uh, it's a good thing our team we follow is Alabama, and their coach is Saban, and uh, and he recruits like he does uh, because you know. Pre-Saban, we had, you know, offensive linemen becoming our starting nose guards because, you know, we had no depth. And so for for us to lose four linebackers in one football game and now two gone for the year, yeah. uh, unfortunately for Lewis and Miller, um, you know, that's a tough blow for any team to overcome, okay? I'm not saying the season's over and I'm not saying we can't overcome this. Um, but a lot of teams could not lose four linebackers in a season, much less in the opening game. Yeah, I completely agree. That was such a um, such a deep position, and it really took a hit. And you know, even Evans and and Anthony Jennings, you know, they missed the second half as well, and they're going to miss some additional time. Now they're going to come back. They're not. They're not. You know, lost for the season. But, uh, man, Christian Miller and, and Tilu, they were going to have breakouts. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an if. It was just when. They were going to have big seasons this year. And, and we so had called Terrell Lewis last year in mop-up duty, right? We knew yeah. he was just going to – we knew, you know, he, he was just designated pass rusher last year, and the boy had five tackles on the night before he went, you know, before he went down. Right, right. And, and Christian Miller, I think, was really primed. Uh, to step up and have a big season. So, you know, Jennings, I think also, uh, I, you know, he's been a favorite of mine. And, of course, Rashad Evans, uh, you know, we all know the talent that he brings to the table. So we need those guys to come back. But we really need some of these young guys to step up. You know, Keith Holcomb, uh, I think, played pretty well. Uh, Mac Wilson got him an interception. I think he's a, he's a physical force out there. Uh, Dylan Moses, he's going to grow up uh, on the job. But I, I like, you know, Sean Deanna Hamilton as a stabilizing force. And, you know, when you when you think about 
two guys lost for the season, two guys lost for a couple of weeks, and and then you know you've got Sean Dion Hamilton in there. Let's not forget that he busted his knee in the SEC championship game, which is at the end of last season. Right. So, you know the the rule used to be you would really come back to form two years after the injury. Um, we don't have two years. <laughs> he doesn't have two years, right? No, it's only it's and, only been eight months so far. Right. Yeah, and we can't, you know, to use a phrase again, we we almost now can't put him on a pitch count uh, because of the you know the other losses. So uh, I think he's really going to have to step up and 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 you know, and he's been a day one player. So I, I think he's certainly up for the challenge. But uh, he's he's going to be a player that uh, a lot of people that. Don't he seems he to me he always has kind of seemed like an under the radar you know plugger contributor, and uh, I, he's going to get a lot more headlines I think. No, I I think so. Uh, what was interesting about this is that we don't have the depth on the defensive line that we had two years ago. Oh no, there no. is there there's no running twelve guys out there like before, and so what's interesting about this is that you know we we've got some you know we've got some uh junior college you know players who you know in the the typical way that that Saban does things he's he's tried to bring in the these guys like this you know Isaiah uh, excuse me Isaiah Bugs kid yep, yep. uh to to fill a gap and so when you look at when you look at this you know our base you know base formation that we like to run uh you know the 335 we don't even have a lot of depth for those three guys, right in the three, three, five, and so you know you, you've got you've got Josh Frazier backing up two positions, right? Yep. <laughs> On the two deep, Josh Frazier is listed twice, and you and I both know that Josh Frazier is you know going to have to step up, you know, and 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 play more significant snaps than he did last year. And right. so late in the game, Dave, you know, when we had those turnovers and and got up twenty-one to seven. And we started, uh, you know, playing the the pass more. Uh, you probably saw this as well. We had Deshaun Hand and Deron Payne in the game, and then we had two linebackers right next to them rushing the passer. And before they got hurt, it was Christian Miller, uh, and uh, excuse me, it was Christian Miller and Mac Wilson before Christian Miller went right. down, and. Um, it would have it would have been it was Rashawn Evans earlier before he went down, and so, you know, we're sitting here with two linebackers rushing the quarterback with two defensive linemen because we don't have a lot of them, and so and then we lose four linebackers in this game, and so yeah. that that's why like you know two years ago if you lose four linebackers and you got twelve deep at the defensive line well you're okay, we don't have twelve deep at the defensive right. line right now. And so um, that's the big thing for me is that, you know, you, you, this front seven is that, that really took a hit. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to, you know, guys like Ben Davis are going to, you know, be, be, you know, put into the rotation here, right? It, right. Ben Davis is going to have to, you know, is going to have to step up here uh, to go with the likes of Dylan Moses and, and Mac Wilson, you know, be thrust sooner than we, you know, expected, uh, maybe maybe Dylan Moses is going to get more reps than we you know planned on him getting this early. But um, I will tell you, when Dylan Moses was in the game, um, you know he he did some good things. Yeah. Um, go ahead. 
No, I, I was going to say, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, th- this is going to be, this is going to be interesting, right? Because Dylan Moses is going to get a lot more run. Mac Wilson's going to get a lot more run. Christopher Allen's going to, you know, come in and spell him. Uh, me, me, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, but uh, Makai uh, Brown, I think, is going to get some run. I like Holcomb the the way that he came in there. We talked about him maybe getting, uh, you know, trying to get some opportunities last year. And so I think over the next, you know, two, three weeks, these guys develop a, a lot more comfort on the field. And then as we start to get Jennings and Rashad Evans back, um, Rashad Evans back, I think that that helps helps us with our depth. Depth that doesn't replace you know Terrell Lewis and, and Christian Miller, but it it sort of brings some some beef back to uh, you know back to the position. I think we're going to see Ronnie Harrison step down into the box. I think that we're going to play more nickels and dimes, which. You know, we typically do anyways, but I think we're going to do some of that uh, to to mask, uh, if you will, some of, some of the linebacker uh, depth. And and I'm going to float this. I'm not sure that I believe this, but I'm going to float this. And I want to be very careful. Jonathan Allen, supreme talent, you know, an all-timer. And uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, I, I, I think, is one of the more underrated uh, defensive lineman that we've ever we had. We will miss him this year. Yes. Uh, without question. So I'm not saying that like the starting three or the, the line is going to be as good because we don't know if we have that kind of talent on the line. But I would speculate, like I said, I'm not sure I believe this, but just, you know, I watch the defensive uh, guys and in, in warm-ups and, and, and just the rotation that we had on Saturday. I wonder if we're not deeper at the DL than we were last year. I'm not saying better. I'm just saying deeper. You know, you've got Deron Payne, who who's phenomenal, and he looked really good on Saturday. I like the way Isaiah Bugs looks. I think he's going to get better with some time. I like the way the way Raquan Davis looked. Um, Josh Frazier seems to have lost a little weight, and he seems in a little uh, better shape. He was our number four guy last year. And he rotated in a lot, uh, a lot on Saturday. Uh, you know, Deshaun Han, I liked him. Uh, Quinnen Williams, I think, has an opportunity to to be pretty good. And um, I don't think he played a whole lot, but just just looking at him uh, physically, uh, uh, Johnny Dwight looked really, really good. And so I'm curious to see him uh, if he can't sort of carve out a role. So I wonder. Like I said, I'm not sure I believe this quite yet. But but I wonder if we don't have more people that can rotate in than we did last year. Last year it felt like we had four guys, uh, and we and one of them was suspect. And if anybody had gone down, we really would have been in trouble. I think this year we have more names. Well, I think last year when we rushed four guys, it was only three down linemen. Yep, and it was specifically Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Dalvin Tomlinson. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we rotated in to Sean hand. Josh Frazier was really the fifth guy and he really didn't play more than four or five snaps a game. Right. So it was really four guys. Um, but so, so now to me, the true test of depth was late in the game when he only put two down linemen in and two linebackers that showed me that he was not confident in putting 
the other guys in the game in that moment. See, I don't so, know though. Is that is do you think that's what it is? Or were we playing a bunch of dime and we were intentionally blitzing? And so we got pressure last year without necessarily having to blitz because we just had guys that could, you know, sick them. I don't know that we have that sort of top end, but I think we manufactured a lot of quarterback pressure by blitzing from everywhere. And so let's not put a defensive lineman out that okay he's not going to he's not going to be able to just get after him but let's let's put to a let's go to a nickel or a dime and then we're going to and and we're going to let's put in a nickel I'm sorry let's put in a dime we're going to play a nickel but we're going to send somebody every time and you just don't know who it is and where he's coming from that's that's not what I kind of saw though i mean it was it was it was your base nickel and we had Christian Miller and Mac Wilson or Christian Miller and Dylan Moses going after the quarterback or Rashawn Evans before he went down because I think Saban felt like those linebackers could get to the quarterback better than the than the uh Bugs and Quinnen Williams and Raquan Davis. I know yeah. I know Davis had a play, but I'm just saying that when it comes to if we went back and looked at the snap count and how many snaps you played, no. I think the only two guys right now that he trusts playing a lot of snaps is Deshaun Hand and Deron Payne. So I think we have less depth than we had last year of guys that he that he wants to roll out there yeah. first, second, and third down. Right. Now, I will tell you, to Bugs' credit, Bugs got um, – Bugs gained the confidence of the coaching staff very quickly. Yes. He was in there. And so later in the game, he was playing more and more and more. And I think he probably got the most snap counts behind hand and pain. Yeah. And so it looks like Saban has gotten it right again on a JUCO transfer and a guy that is very much needed uh, to be in this rotation. Um, so well, let's do this. Let's. I'm like I said, I'm not 100% sure that I believe that yet. I just that's just kind of what my eyes told me. So let's just keep an eye on that because that sure. it might be. I mean, you know, we're both going to root for let's have sure. a bunch of depth on the D front, right? Sure. So let's keep an eye on it because I I think there are, you know, and and it's one thing just to list a bunch of names, but I I think we have some guys that have been getting you know some positive press through camp. And that that we're going to see them more and more in the game. I do think, especially in the second half with the linebackers down, I did. I do think we played and tried to manufacture a lot of of pressure. Um, well, I got a big. I got a big. I got a quick linebacker question for you. I agree with okay. that. I got a quick linebacker question. For go you. for it. Go for it. Now that you know, you know how we 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 you know everybody's a starter, right? We've got you know twenty something starters because of yep. situational yep. stuff and the way Saban does things. Well, I think Christian Miller was that guy, okay? He he was going to play 10 or 15 snaps a game, but because when we when we did the base 3-3-5, three, three, Anthony Jennings was going to be that linebacker, right? I think it was going to be Anthony Jennings, Sean Deion Hamilton, and Rashawn Evans, okay? I think Christian Miller was going to be the odd man out. He was going to come in in situational stuff, okay? okay? And so now that he has gone for the year and – Oh, by the way, his backup was also in that role, Terrell Lewis. Yep. They were going to be very successful playing eight or ten plays a game, right? I'm not trying to minimize it, but they were going to be situational. Now I think Rashawn Evans, 
I think because of the way I feel like Mac Wilson played in this game, I think Rashawn Evans will get moved um, outside. When, I think when Rashawn he, Evans will 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 get will get put back outside when he comes back. Yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Now, now I think um, you said Jennings was again was going to be the guy in the three linebacker set. I in the, in the base, was, in the base. No, yeah. I understand. I think it was going to be Christian Miller or Christian Miller, and and I think they were probably going to get more than eight or nine or twelve reps. But that that's beside the point because I agree with your larger point, which is when Rashawn comes back. We've got to do something, you know, on the outside. And he was an outside linebacker through – well, he was an outside linebacker until Sean Deon Hamilton went down last year. So, I do think between Dylan, Holcomb, and Mac that and, – and, and they're all going to get reps on the inside. Depending upon how the backups do on the outside – when Rashawn comes back, he may well be plugged into the outside. Yes, I, I agree with that. Well, now I will say very quickly, the reason I say Anthony Jennings was that guy instead of Christian Miller, okay, Anthony Jennings, until he got hurt, was in there almost every play. Mm-hmm. And the reason that was is because against the run, he can set the edge on the line of scrimmage because he's 6'3", 264 pounds. Yeah. Christian Miller's only 230. In my opinion – Anthony Jennings was that Courtney Upshaw type of physique that you want to have yeah. or Ryan Anderson, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the role he was going to fill on this team is all I'm saying. No, I hear you. I hear and, you. And so, and so Rashawn Evans, because of how I think Mac Wilson played, I think Rashawn Evans, who's really good at going after the passer, can can I think Mac Wilson is going to allow Rashawn Evans to do more of what Rashawn Evans is really good at yeah. instead of having to play in the middle all the time. I that's hear what all you're saying. Yeah, no, now, I think that's, now, another, no, another quick. I think, I think that's a keen. That's a keen I, I think I think you're on to something there, and I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I think a lot of people are just going to think he's going to come back and come back to the middle, but you know, frankly, he's only played three or four games in the middle, and so he's got more experience on the outside. So, yeah, and and that's where we lost so many of the guys is on the outside. So, yeah, it makes sense that he would go over there, especially when all of these replacements are more middle linebackers. So, well, yeah, and, and how Mac Wilson played, I'm sorry. Obviously, there was another interception he could have gotten on yep. that interception he did make. The awareness he showed in the middle of that of that field, um, you know, I I just think that you know he his play showed that that I think he's going to get more reps. And um, you know, on the exact opposite, um, I like seeing Minka at the star. I'm glad Tony Brown uh, only came in in situations. Um, and I'm glad that Hootie Jones uh, stepped up the way he – okay, Hootie Jones needs to keep stepping up so that Mika can be uh, – so that Mika can play some at the star. I'll say it that way. Yeah. Uh, because I think that Tony Brown uh, did a really good job when he was in there when what he was asked to do. And I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but when he was in there at the star, many times he was asked to pressure the quarterback from the star position. Yep. Well, guess what? He's very fast, right? He's got a good timing of timing the snap count. And so kind of like we talk about 20-something starters on defense, I think that's the role you're going to see Tony Brown provide on this team. And the only way Mink is going to be able to to cover that third wide receiver some is if Hootie Jones, if they have the confidence that Hootie Jones can hold down that uh, strong safety spot. A lot of sparks you kicked off on that one. <laughs> I um so 
I think Tony Brown is better served playing close to the line. Um, that was pass interference on Tony Brown uh, in the end zone. Clearly he didn't turn and he ran through the receiver before the ball got there. Um, I thought, I think he lost his cool on a running play and, and um, you know, there were offsetting penalties and the replay clearly showed that, that, you know, Tony Brown was, was acting in a way that he was deserving of his, his share of that. And I, and I watched at the end of the game, there were a couple of coaches or I don't know if they were coaches or managers. There were, you know, men in authority that were having a passionate conversation with Tony Brown and Tony Brown wanted nothing of it. He wanted to walk out onto the field and the coaches would not let him. And this is at the end of the game where, you know, theoretically you're going out to, you know, good game. Um, They would not let Tony Brown onto the field to do that. And, and I, there's a story there, right? And and we don't know what it is. I just think there was a couple times in the game that he lost his composure. Once he got beat and sort of lost his composure, you know, athletically. Another time he lost his composure, you know, mentally. And if the player had not retaliated back to him, then that would have been a 15-yard penalty, you know, against us. Those are the types of penalties in critical situations that can cost you a ball game. So I, I think that he's going to need some coaching up. Um and then, um, you know, Hootie Jones, I'd, I like him situationally. I'm not, sh- I'm not sold on him being, you know, one of the top five or six guys. I'm just not. But he got a lot of run on Saturday. And so um, he's going to continue to get a lot of run in those roles. What do you think? You mentioned Minka. Now, real quick before yeah. you ask me about Minka, I got to tell you, okay, the Tony Brown thing bugged me so much when I got home. Uh, at one or two in the morning, yeah. I had to go back and watch that play several times. And the coaches probably aren't, you know, I hope they find this as well. Tony Brown was taking up for a teammate. Tony Brown and the refs missed it totally. The center for Florida State who retaliated against Tony Brown had a cheap shot on another player, and Tony Brown saw it. Right. And Tony Brown came up and retaliated to protect his teammate because the center had basically uh, slapped up against the back of somebody's head on his team after the play was over. Right. And so, yes, you don't have to retaliate there, but he wasn't the first one. He was taken up for a teammate. I, I hear you. I watched it like five times to make certain that he did not start it. Nope. That's fair. And so if Alec Ellerby hit somebody, and uh, and Tony Brown, you know, sort of jumped into that. Um, it doesn't change. It doesn't change the fact. It adds context, but it doesn't change the fact that he hit someone when he should not have, and that had Ellerby not retaliated against him, it would have been a one-sided penalty. And so Alec maybe got away with one. And guess what? That happens. Um, Tony Brown did not need to do what he did. And that and that doesn't, you know, you support your team, your teammates. I get all that, but I still think he was out of line. And and you know, the additional context is great. It really is. Uh you want to have a teammate's back, but you want to do it in a way that's not actually going to hurt the team. And um, you know, he'll get coached up on that. I'm not mad at the guy. I'm just I'm just saying, I, there's a couple, you know, the two 
points on the field. And then when I saw the coaches after the game, that just there were you know those dots sort of connected in my mind. And uh, it would be interesting if if and I haven't read a whole lot of the stuff that may have come out today in the coaches' press conference. But uh, it'd be interesting to see if there is some discussion on that because it was pretty clear. Tony wanted to go out on the field, and the coaches had nothing to do with that. And that was, Another. you know, and that's and that's in the moment when the game's over. They weren't keeping them, like, from a fight, or maybe they were. I don't know. But, you know, that's when the game's over. You go out and you shake hands and you pat people on the back, and they would not let him go do that. Well, uh, speaking of Minka, um, you know, I don't know if it's because Rashawn Evans got hurt. But later in that game, when they were blitzing, you know, excuse me, when they were rushing those two linebackers and two defensive linemen, um, when Tony Brown would come into the game and replace Minka at the star, uh, Minka would line up at the linebacker position. Yeah. He was five yards off the ball, right behind the defensive line. And, um, you know, I, I liked seeing him there. Um, you know, I – um, I really don't want him at safety. I, I really, I really want, uh, I really want whether it's Hootie Jones or someone else. Um, I really want Minka at the star. Yes, yes. Uh, because I think that really hurt us against Clemson. Yep. And um, you know, we we someone else has to play back there. Uh, I did see. Just so you know, very quickly, uh, you saw it as well, probably. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, you know, was playing. You know the the free safety center field position. Hootie Jones was playing closer to the line of scrimmage when yep. Minka was at the star. Yep, and and that's that's what I I think we're going to see that a lot. And and I think that you know he's a fifth year senior, and yep. and Hootie yep. Jones is going to have to be that guy. And Minka has to be at the star for this team to be successful. Yeah, I I is and I respect Minka wanting to play a corner, but I like his versatility. And I like him at the star because he's able to do so much. And and God bless Derwin James and, and him coming back and being able to play this 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 game and this season. But I got so tired of all the talk about Derwin James being one of the best safeties in the game and one of the best defensive backs in the game. And he's going to be dynamic and he's going to be a Heisman sort of dark horse kind of thing. <laughs> Doggone it, if we would let Minka Fitzpatrick return punts, and please let's not let him do that. But if we would let him return punts and we would let him run three run uh you know routes as a receiver a game, he would win the damn Heisman. Because I'm not convinced he's not the best player in in college football. And so for all the talk about Derwin James, Derwin James, Derwin James, and God bless Derwin James, but we got one that I think is better in the person of Minka Fitzpatrick. And uh and some of the things that that he did even on Saturday. And some of the versatility that he shows, absolutely an all-timer. And, um, yeah, I look forward to to him this season, just having a great year. Uh, but I really want to see him more at the star. Yeah, I just think it. He, he's just needed there um, yeah. for, for the reasons that we stated. And another quick question on the DBs. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd, I, I appreciate, you know, Diggs, you know, versatility to, to be able to, to – be on that side of the ball and and you know switch back over to defense and we know how complex the scheme is for for Saban and his defense and you know Levi Wallace you know I hope I see more of him there I I just think that he's been in the system longer right now and and Diggs has got a bright future ahead of him Uh, but I, I just hope Wallace continues to get 
run like he did in this game at the other cornerback position. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll say this, right? When we knew that, obviously, you know, Humphreys left, and so we, we knew that we had to replace a corner. And and way back in the spring, there was all this talk about, oh, we're going to put Minka over there. I was like, hell, we don't need to put Minka over there. Leave Minka at the star and let him do what he does, and I am okay with Levi Wallace back there. I mean, that was back in – you know, that was at the end of last season going into spring. I was 100% okay with Levi Wallace. Now, I'm not mad at – it digs at all. All the talk was he's playing better. He's playing better. And okay. If he's a superior athlete and can, and, and can man the position then, and, and he can do that better than Levi Wallace, then that's a high bar. And I'm 100% on board with that, but I am also 100% okay with it being Levi Wallace. So I thought it was interesting that they took digs out and put Minka at the corner, and, that, and that's when they scored a touchdown on Mika. Uh, I thought, man, that's almost not fair. Uh, but that happened. But I was okay with Levi playing, and then the fact that he got a, an interception, I was very pleased with that. Uh, I'm okay with him being out there. And I think Levi I, – I, I, um, I think I think Tavon will get some more run. They're going to rotate, and he's going to be better for it. We're just not going to get – you know, he's not going to leave people open. And who, who was the uh, – uh, you know, Jarrell Harris, right, was just a super stud linebacker that couldn't get on the field. Uh, and and I'm drawing a blank on uh, on the other linebacker. And, and, it, and it's Saban's sort of mentality of, I don't care how high your ceiling is, we got to manage your floor. And if you're going to make spectacular plays, but you're going to let, you know, a lot of plays by you, then we can't, we can't have you out there. Um, and it just feels like Levi may get a little more run until until Diggs is able to sort of prove himself a little bit more. So that'll be a fun battle to watch even as the season continues. But I'm glad he's there right now, right? You know, without Levi Wallace, you know, providing some stability, you know, former walk-on and, you know, senior senior at this point. Um, you know, just just really glad he's there, obviously. You know, think think about this, and this this is fun, right? Because you and I follow recruiting and all the guys that come in. But think of like all the super stud cornerbacks that that we had that we've had come in, right? Yeah. And just you know, just the list of them, right? And and who do we have starting at cornerback? Levi Wallace, a former walk on, and Anthony Anthony Averett, who before last year was just lost on the on the on the depth chart. Well, it speaks to what you said about the other guys who just, you know, who just left. Yeah. Greener, you know, grass is green on the other side of the fence. But yeah. You know. So and so. and and hey, and I love Averett and and Wallace. So I don't mean that anything against them. It's just you know sometimes everyone gets hyped up about the guy, the guy, and sometimes the guy is awesome. Humphrey is a good example of that. Sometimes the guy's not. Kendall Sheffield is a good example of that. No, I'm with you. Well, give me your mini game ball. I'm going to let you go first again. I am going, um, you know, one of the more underrated guys on the Alabama defense, and that's Sean Deanna Hamilton. He had, an, you know, he had eight tackles. He's coming back from an injury. He had a career high, three and a half tackles for loss. Um, this guy is going to be, um, you know, sort of a bell cow on the defense. He's going to be a leader on the defense. Everyone was sort of giving uh, Evans the the praise and for good reason, but uh, Hamilton, man, he he's he's going to be the guy in there, and uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch him have what I think is really going to be a good season. 
All right. Well, I'm going to give it to uh, to the guys who uh, we've spoke about already. Unfortunately, uh, Christian Miller and Terrell Lewis. Yep. Um, you know, they're not going to get an opportunity to get a mini game ball again this season, and that's not why I'm giving it to them. But you know, they stepped in and made some really big plays, and uh, their their presence is going to be. You know, we're we're going to miss them being able to come in for eight to twelve plays a game and just be fresh and just you know do what they do. And uh, so uh, I'm going to give them my mini, bang, mini game balls. No, that's fair. Uh, talk to us about special teams. Well, you know, it's what you get when you bring in a place kicker from Ole Miss. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I what the hell? Really? Are you kidding me? This is where I start cussing. See, I hadn't cussed all show, and now I'm going to start cussing. Um, you know, you, you got to be able to make them from 30 yards. Um yeah. You know, I, I would have liked to see the freshman uh, get a chance to kick one of these. Um, you know, that's – thank goodness. Well, okay, we're, we're going to need that consistency. And as somebody told me, they were like, how does teams like Auburn get good kickers? And we can never get a damn good kicker. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess we're going to have to have that tryout on the quad you've been asking for for years. Yep. Yeah, I don't. You know, I think I think um, I, I, the freshman didn't. You know, blow her by skirt up. You know, and, and fall. So I think we're going to try to redshirt him, and uh, and and I think you know Andy, um, you know he's going to be serviceable on the short kicks. I think J.K. Uh, will kick long kicks, and uh, and I th- I think, and that's not what we're, that's not where we want to be. Um, it's not where a program like this should be. No, it's not. <laughs> You know, we had the kid that that Eddie Pan, Panario. I, I butchered his last name, but he's not one of ours. Um, but uh, you know, he went to Florida after committing to us, and you know, that's sort of an automatic kicker that you know we'd love to have. Um, you know, the kid who went, the Carlson kid who went to um, you know Auburn, and his family was an Alabama family. You, you think, <laughs> what? You know, why would you not? You know, the, you know that should be the easiest kicking job in the world. I would think, right? Um, you know, for the for the right guy, and so I don't I don't understand all of that, but you know, I I would love to have a Philip Doyle. You know, I'm going to show yes. my age. I would love yes. to have a Philip Doyle just come in and you know he just he just makes kicks. <laughs> That's you know nothing flashy about it. He's just, just going to come in and make a bunch of kicks. You just make kicks early, okay? Because of the other struggles that were happening, and this and it just changes the whole complexion of this game, right? This whole game would have been a whole just how you do things and 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 taking the air out of the ball more early and running the ball more. It just would have changed the whole second and third quarter. It's just it's frustrating. Yeah, it really would have. Um, I, I I agree with that. And then it just gives confidence. It gives the offense confidence that if we get to this goal, if we get to this point, we know we've got points. Now you always want a touchdown. And I'm not gonna. That's inarguable. Seven is, you know, six is bigger than three. I get it, but there's there's something confidence that know that knows every time we reach this goal line, this, you know, this list line marker, we've got points. And then it's almost there's a little bit of house money that we're playing with here. Uh, but when you don't have that, it it can cause the offense to press because you know they may say well, we've got to score a touchdown or we might not get points. We that's 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 no place to be. No, that's true. Well, hey, I want to I want to point out um, some good plays that were made on special teams by Tony Brown. Uh, I think that is a role that he can provide on this team, yes, um, yes. which is which is critical. 
Um, and I think uh, the freshman Dylan Moses, uh, you know, knocking the ball out, knocking the ball out, and uh, that Keith Holcomb was able to recover. Um, you know, put his hand right on the ball like you're supposed to do. And uh, that's a big play for a true freshman in this first game of his career against a team like Florida State. And um, I, th- I think this guy's going to make some really big plays very quickly. Very quickly, this guy's going to get more and more reps. Yep. And uh, Keith Holcomb better be ready to play because uh, Dylan is listed behind him on the depth chart. And uh, he is he is biting at his heels. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I like J.K. punting the ball. He's been a favorite uh, for a while. I didn't like the shank and the timing of the shank, but the defense bailed him out there. Uh, Daniel Wright, another true freshman, came down and laid wood on a uh, kick coverage. I mean, completely depleted the guy. It was beautiful. Um, Legally, right? It can be done legally, right? It can be done legally. Just don't go for the head, but just go for the body. Knock him off his feet. It was beautiful. Uh, and <clears throat> not only not only the, the blocked punt and the blocked field goal, those are very nice. But the fact that it was Damian Harris, maybe the most underrated 1,000-yard rusher in the country, certainly probably in the history of Alabama football, he's out there blocking a punt. That's insane. And the block field goal was Mika Fitzpatrick. And you think, man, that's an All-America, uh, you know, secondary guy. And and he's out there on special teams. And, and Damian Harris is a running back that just about anybody, any, any team in the country would like to have. Uh, and he's out there blocking punts. Um, I, I that's really why like he that. plays those guys, right? That's why he plays those guys. We're always like, why are you putting these guys out there? Right. And that's and that's why, you know. It, it, yeah. it hasn't come back to bite him before. And. That's why he does it because those guys are, you know, he he values special teams, right? Yep. He knows how critical it is. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, we give a mini game ball. That's a different thing. But uh, if if you know, if you were to ask me for the player of the game, I'd give it to Damon Harris because he just did so much in so many different facets. But it's just, you know, uh, you know, I saw an article. You know, how do you miss two field goals and shank a shank a punt and still get an A on special teams? You know, it's because you block, you know, block a lot of kicks and force a fumble and and really turn the game around. Uh, you know, which was, um, you know, which was which was critical. So I think, um, you know, I, I feel really good. Well, I won't say really good. I feel good about special teams. Um, I think we've got to get the field goal kicker sorted out. Um, you know, and we were nervous about this last year. You know, this come come back and bite you, and and you know. Well, it's the same thing. Okay, I felt better about it last year than I do right now after the first game. Yes. And let's, and let's face it, right? You've got a young quarterback who, you know, we're still talking about the decision-making and the schemes and the plays that are being, you know, yep. he's being put in. And, you know, my goodness, we're going we're gonna to see more touchdown passes thrown on third and three at the 30-yard line if you don't think you can kick a field goal, right? No, I'm with you. You're going to see more of that. I am absolutely with you. I agree. I agree. We saw that, uh, you know, in the first drive, we we went forward on fourth down, and I and I was like, "Yep, yeah, okay, we got kicking woes." <laughs> that was that was really my first thought, and then and then we get closer and we still miss it, and it's like, ah, man, they are kicking woes. So he already knew it ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, talk to me about uh, you know Bulldogs of uh, Fresno State. You know the the schedule at least sets up nicely. Um, for Alabama, uh, given, you know, 
the things that we've talked about that, you know, that we need to work on. Right. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we've, we've got a good schedule here for the next few weeks. Um, obviously Fresno state's a good program. They obviously, you know, have played some good, uh, excuse me, some big opponents, uh, in their recent history. Uh, it's, it's not a gimme game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I definitely think that, um, you know, we're, we're going to be able to get some additional, uh, reps to some young guys, uh, and we're going to be able to do it early. Uh, they're just, I think they're going to be physically, you know, mismatched, uh, because of the, you know, just the difference in the programs. And, um, you know, I see a game that's going to be, you know, I see a game that's going to be 31 to 10, uh, you know, 31 to 10, 28 to 10, something like that. Wow. Okay. I I've got the, uh, the Alabama defense, or I'm sorry, the Alabama offense really opening it up. And I, I give sort of my default blowout score, um, 49 to seven. Um, okay. I like I, I the think, score better I, than mine. Yeah. I think we're going to come out and, um, and, uh, and really look good. And I think we're going to take the lid off of some of the things on offense and uh, really really kind of experiment with some of the things that we're wanting to do that just Florida State wasn't a good opponent to do that against. And, and so I, I think we're going to I think we're going to play around a little bit with uh, some of the tools and weapons uh, and formations and um, you know and personnel that we have. Put a lot of that on film. Saban's always been one to put stuff on film for an opponent more than keep it close to the vest. I just think we played a little more straight up vanilla because of the opponent. Um, but I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna start up a little bit. <clears throat> well, you know, part of part of the uh, part of the score thing is dictated by they you know they got six seniors on defense. They've got two juniors, so you know they've eighty percent of their squad are juniors and seniors. Uh, they do have some size up front on the defensive line. You know, they've got guys that are, you know, 300 pounds. Uh, their linebackers have some size to them. Um, you know, they've, they've got some depth. They've got some experience. Um, I just think that, you know, they they can – I think they're going to hang in there and, they're, and we're just going to get out of the gate slowly. And um, I just don't think we're going to put this team away as, as quickly as I would like to. Okay. So uh, I, hope your, I hope your score is better than mine. All right. All right. Very good. Anything else? Uh, it's good to be back on the mic. It's uh, I can't believe the offseason is already over, <laughs> but uh, here we are excited uh, to be, um, you know, talking Alabama, Alabama football again. Anything else? It's been a sort of, a, you know, a busy no, long no, offseason. No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're back in it. Uh, you know, I hope all the all the all the talk is correct. I hope this is another uh, chance to, you know, to get to where we want to go and, and uh, just glad to be doing this with you again and, and look forward to hopefully talking about a W next week. Absolutely. This is season eight for us. Did you know that? We're just getting old, man. We're getting yeah, old, man. We, we, uh, you need to tell these guys how they can find us now so we can, uh, you know, so we can keep paying the bills. Yeah. Well, I don't know about paying the bills, but uh, yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, we have gone and we kind of kidded about this in the intro, but we are back on our sort of namesake uh, website alabamafootballpodcast.com you can go there and um, subscribe to sort of our email newsletter letter which basically anytime we post something on the site you'll get that in your inbox uh, the podcasts uh, we're going to drop those on our site uh, no longer Bama Hammer but we're going to drop those on 
our site. And so if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get that in your inbox. Uh, you can also sign up on iTunes and uh, have the podcast dropped when we drop it, have it dropped into your uh, your player. So we encourage you to do that. If you do listen on iTunes, go give us a, a rating and review. That helps other people find us. So if you like us, help share us with other Alabama fans by doing uh, by doing that. But yeah, we're excited to be back on our website. Uh, check us out there. And, uh, you know, one, and yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna, I was just gonna wrap with, uh, sort of one somber note that we want to finish up on is, uh, uh, breaking news out today that Mike Loxley, uh, wide receiver coach, uh, had lost his son. And, uh, so I know our hearts and, uh, hearts and minds and thoughts and prayers go out to the Loxley family. Uh, in in this just what most must be just an incredibly hard and difficult uh, time. So um, the Alabama Nation will just uh, you know keep the Loxleys in your prayers at this time. I think uh, I think that'd be great. Absolutely, very good. Well, Tom, we've broken the seal on the 2017 season, and uh, excited to be back. This has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.